A sweet potato? Yeah. Oh, like sweet potato. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying, I'm obsessed with sweet potato chips, not sweet potato <laughs> chips. See the difference there? See, the, there's a little... <laughs> Movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. And third year too. Proudly brought to you by GWW Radio. Welcome to Scene and Nerd. I'm your host, Pacey and Pete. Uh, welcome back for uh, another episode. Uh, it's been a, another long, crazy week of television, but uh, we're going to do our best to break it down for you. Uh, alongside always with me is Miss Sarah Belmont. Oh my God. ASAP. 911. Five exclamation points. That Flash episode, though, guys. And that Miss Felicity Smoke, I die. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I can't. Now I can't wait to hear what Sarah has to say. That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> and uh, Agasicles, what's up, Agasicles? Boom. <laughs> I made a little subdued this week since we didn't prepare our guest for the rather loud intro that I sometimes do. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like rehearsing mine the whole time, and I'm like, well, screw it. I'm just going to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, uh, as uh, I guess Cleese alluded to, we do have a guest tonight. Um, he is he has been seen on Supergirl, Insurgent, The Vampire Diaries, uh, Halt and Catch Fire, and uh, I wrote something and for some reason I can't see it now. I apologize. Um, Justice Leak, welcome to the show, Justice. What's up? <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. I know you're a really busy man. You've been uh, doing a lot of uh, filming uh, recently, and uh, let's just. Uh, kick things off um can you tell us about what you've been working on what's what's been keeping you filming uh, lately sure 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 i'm uh, currently in atlanta filming the second season of powers for the playstation network uh it's based on a comic book by brian michael bendis who a lot of people know from the avengers and the amazing spider-man um and uh he together with michael uh avon oming uh created uh powers which is their take on the superhero genre in sort of a, a, a more cynical look at, at, uh, at, at that take. And um, we are, yeah, we are filming our second season here in uh, now sunny Atlanta. It has been raining for many, many weeks, but uh, we're, we're back at it and uh, having a good time. That's really cool. That's, that's really cool. Can't wait to see, uh, check that out when it comes out. Um, now, you were recently in uh, Supergirl. Um, can, can, can you talk about um, uh, that experience and uh, how you enjoyed playing uh, Hellgamrat? Did I, did I pronounce that right? Uh, no. no. Oh, God. <laughs> it's all right. I didn't know how to pronounce it at first either, uh, and nor did most of my friends and, and the general population, I think. Uh, Helgramite. Oh, Helgramite. Okay. Yeah, 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 um, is, is how you pronounce that guy. And, um, dude, I had so much fun. I, I got to know Greg Berlanti a little bit in uh, the audition process for The Flash. I actually auditioned for The Flash, if you can believe it. And that Grant Gustin mofo. <laughs> 
you know, swooped in and got it. No, he was actually the first one to read, and he's perfect for it and an amazing uh, uh, actor. Uh, but I got to know that casting office, David Rappaport, and um, he's he's such he, he he's he's clearly got an eye for talent um, because he kept bringing me back in. And, and I was actually up for uh, several different um, uh, villains in in the Flash sort of universe there. And uh, when this thing for for Supergirl came through, um, I guess uh, I, I, it was finally it was finally my time. I actually ended up taping it four different times because I was filming Vampire Diaries uh, here on location, also in Atlanta, because uh, everything is in Atlanta now. <laughs> and um, uh, so sent that off, and and. Um, the, the audition, and we can talk about this, but it, it, it sort of evolved from my first audition to my fourth one and what they were looking for specifically to that the villains were going to look like in this in this new universe for CBS. But uh, uh, I, I had a blast, man. I had an absolute blast playing this guy. That's really cool. Now, um, coming into this show, were you, you know, you said you auditioned for The Flash did you have a lot of knowledge of these characters prior to going into your auditions? No, zero. And I feel like the biggest fraud. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> because I grew up in Alabama. I watched football. Uh, I, w- I, I didn't get to play because my mom didn't want me to get hurt. And uh, <laughs> I guess I should be thankful for my, for my straight nose because of it. Um, <laughs> Uh, I um, am having to play catch up now because it seems like, man, my last three or four jobs all have to do with with uh, the graphic novel sort of universe. And and uh, I went to I I bought a ticket and went to Dragon Con because I was here filming Powers and it was in Atlanta. And I was like, just so I can get to know the people, you know, <laughs> and uh, hopefully hopefully they like me. And um and so, yeah, I've had to I've had to play catch up. Every audition that I've had for a character, I've had to look up and do research and find out who they are, and um, <laughs> including Helgramite. <laughs> While I was at DragonCon, actually, um, I had looked up, and my cousin told me about this app. Do you know it, Comic Vine? I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can actually look up um, a specific character. Um, and it'll tell you all the comics, all the, uh, all the volumes that they've been featured in. So, of course, I look up Helgramite, right? Uh, this was before I even shot the show. And uh, so I looked it up, and um, he's like in 40-something different, you know, random issues. And so we're at Dra- Dragon Con, me and my cousin. We're, like, finding the actual, like, comic booth to, to find... Uh, these episodes and so I asked the guy behind the, the counter and I was like hey uh, yeah I'm, I'm looking for like a particular character uh, is Helgramite and he's like Helgramite why the hell would you want Helgramite <laughs> and uh, I, I'm like well I actually I mean he's probably the lamest villain <laughs> in the whole DC universe and uh, I'm just my cousin's dying laughing I can't even get like a word in to tell, you know, anything. He just like goes on and on and on, and so finally I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be playing this this character on on the new CBS show, and he was like, oh, well, I don't know, maybe it'll be 
good. You can make it your own, you know. And he was like, the guy in the booth next door had, had he had Deadpool in his first episode or first issue, and now it's worth like $10,000 because <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is playing him. But nobody gave a fuck about this guy, you know, <laughs> years ago. He's like, so maybe, maybe you can make something of him. And then he was like, here's my card. I'll give you some money to come sign some autographs. And I was like, oh, okay. Now we go. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So uh, funny how that worked out, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now I, I noticed seeing a lot of your work, and, and uh, I, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of Halt and Catch Fire. I thought that was really cool that I, I saw you had a part in. How I'm curious, you know, how did how did that go? Because that's very different than you know Supergirl, Vampire Diaries, Insurgent, things like that. I mean, is there a huge difference in the filming of those versus uh, Halt and Catch Fire? Um. Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, and and I'm just as surprised as you that I get to play such a wide variety of characters. Um, uh, in terms of the filming of it, it's it's not so different from one production to another. Um, there's certainly a tone, um, whereas Halt and Catch Fire, you know, based in the '80s, it's 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 a real uh, grounded sort of drama. Uh, there is definitely a tone, tonality difference between a Supergirl because just of the language, the way that you talk, you know, it's, we, we don't, people don't speak in the same kinds of phrasings, uh, with the same kinds of words as they do in, in sort of the comic book world and, uh, of Supergirl, for instance. Um, and then when I was on Vampire Diaries, I'm looking around going, God, how do you guys look so pretty when you're feeding? <laughs> I, I, I came, I seriously, like I came in all 28 days later, like, like blood like pouring down. And I look at the girl beside me and she's got like a trickle of blood out the side. She's like wearing this little skirt. And I was like, oh, right. I'm on the CW. So... <laughs> It's a, it's a, it, it, so in terms of that sort of, that's the biggest difference. You know, if you're on Vampire Diaries, you got to look pretty doing everything. And, and luckily the guys, I mean, look, they're in the seventh season. So the guys lighting it make everyone look beautiful. So, um, in, in, in that way, yes, there is a difference. Now, um, do you have a preference as to which genre you prefer shooting? Um, you know, I get that, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I know actually a, a few friends that are trying to get into the, um, acting industry and, and, you know, they just, they get excited when they get a job, but do you have a preference of, you know, these, uh, superhero shows versus a serious show like Halt and Catch Fire? Pete, I'm just like your friends. <laughs> Excited when they pay me to do this for a living. Uh, I, I I have not transitioned to that point where I'm like, hmm, what shall I do? Uh, I I I I do. I like it all. I most of my work recently has been the superhero genre, and um, I've told the story a, a couple of times now. But um, one of the coolest moments I've ever had acting did occur filming Supergirl and it was um, if, if, if you remember in the episode uh, you see Helgramite he's on the back of that truck careening towards downtown Los Angeles mm -hmm. it, not in that 
national city, right? But it's Los Angeles. <laughs> and, and, um, so they initially asked uh, me, you know, they filmed uh, a couple of passes with my stunt double. He's a, he's a buddy of mine. Um, actually, from we have a lot in common. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. But anyway, so they were like, when they, they put me up there, they were like, you can, you can do it poor man style, which basically means we're going to put the cameras real low and we're going to shake the truck like we're actually moving and, you know, we're, you're safely, you know, uh, out of harm's way. Or we can actually film you as we're, you know, driving down the road. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, let's drive. Go, 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 go. So I get in, you know, I, I am, uh, they have me braced on the back of this thing, but I can still sort of move around. So, so we do it, a pass, we're going like 35 miles an hour, something like that. And I'm shooting these things, you know, pretending to shoot these things out of my hand and the winds whipping around. And, uh, I see the city of Los Angeles where I was waiting tables a year and a half ago. And, uh, and we have like five minutes to like reset once we get we we do one pass and then they're like hey justice go ahead and like lay down in the truck while we reset you to the other end of the bridge and then if you don't mind can we go faster and i was like go faster please <laughs> this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me because they have uh this thing called the russian arm which is it's on the end of a porsche cayenne that has a huge crane on the, the the top of it so it's speeding alongside of us and this camera is coming up right to me as i'm as i'm on the back of this thing and the, again the hair's whipping in the city of los angeles back there and there's this moment of going this is the coolest moment of my life i was the guy who was picked on in middle school right <laughs> now i'm playing like this villain and uh, I was waiting tables, like, and and wanting to throw food at customers because, you know, <laughs> just a few months ago, I, well, it's like a year ago, but still, it was just like, it. There was such such a sweet moment of, wow, I all these moments are finally starting to pay off. It almost makes it all worth it. And I don't know that you get that same feeling when you're, you know, on CSI Miami. I just don't know that it happens the same way that it does when you're on Supergirl and you're you're a villain from, you know, Krypton. I mean, so in that way, I have to say that in if you're working in the comic book world, it 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 is it does give you the cool factor just a little bit more. <laughs> uh, that's that's really cool to hear. Now, with uh, Supergirl, you know, there's a lot of shows that uh are very secret about you know there's a lot of secrecy about the shows what they're going to shoot was there a lot that when you got well, I'm sorry when you got cast as as uh Helgramite in Supergirl was there a lot of that um in you know did they say you can't tell this per you can't tell your friends you can't tell anybody who you're going to be and and your role in the show all of that all <laughs> of that. you can't I couldn't tell a soul they're like you can tell your mom, but like you, she has to sign this affidavit. You know, it's that kind of thing. She didn't actually have to sign, but it was really like, don't tweet about it, don't, don't say anything. You're just there for work, and uh, which is kind of frustrating, especially once you know I'm sort of at the point where I, thankfully, uh, I, I'm getting to work a lot now. But almost all of them are these things that I can't ever talk about. <laughs> you know, I was on Walking Dead and I could not tell anyone that I was on it until 
they sent out the promo and I was right there in between, you know, uh, right by Rick, you know, so I, I in the frame. So then people know, oh, well, that's why you're in South Georgia, you know, sweating uh, for so long. So um, it's it, Supergirl was absolutely that way. Um, at least I did get the full script of Supergirl when I worked on Walking Dead. I, I got the scenes I was in. That was it. I didn't even know I was a cannibal until <laughs> until Andy Lincoln during a, a break was like, oh, yeah, you're eating people. And I was like, oh, that would have been nice. to know. I do want to say, Justice, you're in one of my favorite Walking Dead um, episodes of all oh. time. Like, I love that episode. It's so brilliant. So. God, can you talk about the set? I mean, you you didn't even know you were a cannibal. That's that's insane. Was there anything else um, very interesting about that set in comparison to the others? For sure. Um, uh, as as you may you may have talked uh, spoken to other people who who had auditioned for Walking Dead, uh, similar kind of thing. They give you a script, uh, give you sides is what we call them, um, that has nothing to do setting wise with what you actually end up filming. Um, mm -hmm. So for that scene, I actually played a guy in the military who was not doing like cleaning his gun the right way. I can't quite remember, but it was, that was basically the premise of that scene. So it wasn't until I booked the job that they send me, the scene as it was, and I knew that I was like slitting throats or whatever, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I'm telling you, we were at the craft table and, uh, Andy, <laughs> like a Andy, who for the record is one of the nicest people you can ever hope to meet, especially someone in that position with such, such success. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, he was just like, guys, the scene is insane. And I was like, why are you so, why are you freaking out? This is season five, dude. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, well, so much of, so much of the uh, special effects is, is done in post. So they very rarely see that blood. And in fact, when he kills me in the neck, when when he like jabs me in the throat and then in the stomach, that's all done in post. He, I, there was no blood on me at all. Um, so, so he, all of the whole cast was just like, this is brutal. We've never seen anything like this, where where especially these main guys are are being slaughtered. It's not mm -hmm. like being slowly attacked by. Um, you know the walkers. This is this is people killing people, and, and then so, eating them, and then <laughs> eating them, and then eating them. And we had no idea. Uh, um, and so, but you know, the show was it, it. Even the call sheets, everybody. You know, of course, Andy's name is actually on the call sheet. They have like three different nicknames that are even on the trailers, so people don't hound the set. It's mm -hmm. it's su such a big 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 show, um, and I, I did this whole interview in studio at CNN after being a part of this show because it was at the time you know the biggest show in cable television history outside of a sporting event, and uh, I was like, wow, I probably said four sentences in that whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I was blown away, blown away. So was this now, were, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you was, so was this the the Bob Stuckey episode? The, uh, the w- w- followed by the assault on the church. Is that ring a bell? This was the premiere episode of last year, season five. Okay. Okay. Yep. In no which sanctuary. They, yeah, no sanctuary is what it was called. Okay. So they had finally gotten to terminus, what was supposed to be this sanctuary. Okay. Um, and right, and then it's revealed that yeah, no, we were we were luring people there to. To kill him and eat him. So, okay. yeah, that was last okay. season. Like natural people do, you know? <laughs> like, like you do. But honestly, I mean, let's, let's, let's be real about it. When, when we're in these life and death situations, who knows how we're going to act? Yep. And that's so brilliant about the show. Mm-hmm. Can, can you talk a little bit about the differences on set and with crews in, in a situation like that where you're, you're on set um, – as an additional actor on a show with a cast that is that seasoned, right, going into oh. their fifth season, where they've kind of, they're they they're kind of in a groove where they're kind of nailing these characters, and the and the crew and the writers um, definitely have a, a a pile of creative work behind them as a team versus filming on Supergirl when that team is definitely in their formative stage and kind of you know either either you, you know probably in the storming stage of people still kind of trying to figure out exactly where they fit in the mold. Are, are there tangible, noticeable differences in those situations or is it just all kind of the same? Oh man. It, it, great question. Um, yes, there is uh, a, 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 a very apparent difference. Um, when I worked on vampire diaries in its seventh season, uh, walking dead in its fifth season, uh, those shows are clicking along, you know, they have got it down. It is, it is a science. Um, the setups, we, we, they know the tone of the show. The actors know each other. Everybody's comfortable, uh, versus, um, something like Supergirl in his first season. You're, we're figuring it out. Um, and, and Obviously, you know, it's the same creator. Greg Berlanti has success in, in Arrow, has success in Flash. But it's still, those, those crews, those cats are still filming those other shows. So we have an all-new crew, all-new cast, and um, they're still feeling each other out. As, as far as, like, an actor goes, it's one of the hardest things to do to be a co-star or what they call a guest star where you come in for one episode and you leave because everybody knows each other. It's like going to somebody else's family reunion, right? So during breaks, in between takes, to no fault of their own, most of the regular cast and crew are chatting with each other, you know? And you're kind of the guy who comes in and doesn't want to make waves. And uh, it's incredibly difficult, very, very hard. Uh, it, it's it's eased a little bit, uh, for example, when I was on Supergirl, because because they're all learning each other as well. So everybody's kind of learning each other. But there is there is definitely a difference, and and a, in some ways it's easier for a show that's been going for a while because everyone knows what they're doing. Um, but as a guest star, you're still the one who is your coverage comes last at the very end and you get like one or two takes. 
it's focused on the main actors. So you got to kind of be ready to get in and do your job and go. Um, and uh, does that answer your question at all? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it confirms yeah. kind of my hypothesis about that, that, you know, tr- trying to trying to interact in a creative environment with a with a well gelled crew um, when you're maybe the outsider isn't the right term, but, but you kind of get what I'm saying. I, and, yeah. and, and, and I think you kind of alluded to one of my other thoughts, which was maybe, you know, in, in those season shows where everybody's kind of in a, in a good battle rhythm that maybe, you know, the, the crew is less tolerant of like, you know, getting you set and getting you in and out of makeup and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, they're, they have this leveled expectation that everybody is going to kind of, you know, be moving at a certain speed so yeah that's interesting exactly you gotta you just gotta be ready to go <laughs> i don't know how other it is how it's <clears throat> but you just kind of gotta be ready to get in do your job and go and which which is challenging look it's not look i'm not digging a, a trench for a living I'm i'm not like my dad who you know, was a police officer for real, not like the detective I play on television. So, you know, or my mom is a teacher. Like those are, those are real hard and challenging job. We have our challenges, but it's, 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 it's a great job at the end of the day. Now with the shows that you were cast on, um, is, were you a fan of any of the shows? And if you were, how was it difficult to, you know, not want to sit next to some of the characters that you've seen on TV and or the people you saw on TV and sit with them and, and talk about their characters and, and what you enjoyed about the show? Um, well, here's one of the more embarrassing facts about me. Uh, I don't watch a lot of television. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's so sad. No, it's so sad because, for instance, so like Walking Dead, I booked that, right? Banned by millions of people all of, and many of whom are my friends, I had to YouTube some season recaps to figure out what the show was about. And it was not even that I, I w- it wasn't even that I was avoiding it. I just, I, I watch a lot of sports center <laughs> um, in my downtime or documentaries. I watch a lot of documentaries um, or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, if I'm ever on Game of Thrones, I will geek out. Because that is the show that I watch. Um, I actually did start watching uh, Flash because I was involved in that initial casting and and, uh, and everything. And I think that that that's a great show. Uh, but in some ways, it's kind of a relief because I will get weird. <laughs> I will get so weird if I know someone's work. Like I just uh, I just had um, some drinks after work with. Um, uh, Trisha Helfer, do you know her? Oh, from, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess number six was her in Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I've never saw Battlestar, but like I was getting, as soon as she was announced that she was in Powers, which is the show I'm here shooting, uh, I got four or five texts from friends going, <laughs> oh my God, you're working with Trisha? I was like, she's having lunch with me right now. And we took a picture. But um, <laughs> in, uh, in some ways, it's great because I get to meet her as like a person and I get to know her as an actor and get to develop a friendship without this kind of weird, oh my, like fanboy, because I will, I will fanboy uh, if, you know, I meet 
the right actor and uh, who who you know I adore. And uh, so as as of as of now, as of this point, I haven't geeked out, but it's coming. I'm, I'm sure. Now you now, talk. Oh, go ahead, Gasquiz. Were you going to say anything, Gasquiz, or no? Oh no, no, I was on. Okay. Mute. I was on mute. Sorry. Okay. Um, now you said that growing up, you were more into sports, and and you didn't see, you didn't so you didn't get a chance to uh, you know read a lot of, of comic books, but um, you know growing up in a lot of sports, I know it can be very influential. What made you look towards acting as something you would want to do um, as a career? Dude, I, I I never I never thought about it to be honest with you. I mean, uh, we and my family we would go to movies um, as we were we were big to go to um, you know the matinee and, and things like that, and we would watch television. We would watch the you know the this is not cool to say anymore, but we would watch the Cosby show, uh, <laughs> um, or, you know, any of the, those eighties, like sitcoms and nineties and that kind of stuff. So I, and in Montgomery, Alabama, where I was, uh, born and raised, there was the Alabama Shakespeare festival. So I would go to Shakespeare plays, you know, once a year in school at least. And, uh, so that was always a part of it, but I, you know, I was a shy kid. Um, I, I didn't get into the arts until late. I my dad was in band, so I played the trumpet, and then ended up being drum major in my senior year in in high school. You know, the field conductor, that guy. Um, and I was actually going to be a youth minister, if you can believe it. Um, so I started off school learning that, um, and but it was honestly when I do, do, have you guys seen Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that that is the movie that changed the trajectory of my life because for the first time, movies stood out as something more than just entertainment. The editing, uh, I'd never seen those quick edits before, the music, the classic text, and I was I walked out of the theater going, I was just quiet. I was like, what is that? <laughs> What is it? I want to be a part of that, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And I actually started making movies. I, I started on the other uh, other end of the camera. I was an editor and filmmaker before I ever started acting. And then my senior year, I'll, I'll, I'll save you the long story, but I, I inadvertently auditioned for a play that my senior year in college just by helping a girl read. And the director was like, are you sure you're not auditioning? And and then I, I was in my first play, which was The Crucible. And um, yeah, right. And uh, I was I was basically hooked after that. And so I transitioned my love of, of, of film and wanting to make film into performing in film and television. And uh, and it, it was that one of those moments of, wow, every sort of part of my growing up in life and these things that have happened have sort of been working towards this moment of 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 performing and luckily people like to see me do what I do and luckily I I like to do that thing that people will pay me to do so I I feel incredibly blessed incredibly lucky to uh have found it 
That's really cool. It's good to hear that story. And uh, I really enjoyed hearing your story about, you know, um, how you were uh, shooting Supergirl and you saw where you waited tables and it just kind of brought all these memories back and, and, and this, these feelings of, of where you started. It's always good to hear. Um, now, I got to ask, uh, what actually, does anybody have any more questions for, for Justice before I wrap this up? No. Okay. Um, now, I answered them all. <laughs> he did. Um, now, I, I did want to ask you one more question, you know, uh, just kind of a little fun thing here. But, um, you know, it's the end of the day uh, and, and you're done shooting. You, 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 uh, you're exhausted. You go to the fridge. What's the first drink you grab? Ooh. Um, wow, if I actually have anything in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going to sound like such an L.A. thing, and I'm not this guy at all, but I've really been into veggie juices lately. You know, like from Whole Foods, you can get all the different kind of things, and there's one close by called Roots here in Atlanta where I'm staying. Um, so that, but the real answer is like a root beer, like a Barks root beer. <laughs> I will, I will have... If I can, if that's a choice, I'm gonna have it. That's cool. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for any kind of root beer float, so I uh, I'm right there with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like anytime, especially when it's like in the summertime and it's hot. Uh, that's that's just the number one thing I gotta have is a root beer float. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Justice, I want to uh, thank you for for coming on and and talking to us about you know your your many roles and, and hearing about your experiences. I mean, it's been a lot of fun to hear about it. And then you know, actually, can you tell us if there's anything coming up besides Powers that you're working on that you can talk about? Or oh wow, that I can talk about. <laughs> um... Are we in secrecy territory again? Well, well, no. Well, there's one that's sort of in the works. That's it's it's a film that's happening at the first of the year but that's another one that i had to sign this thing about but um <laughs> i did do a little indie sort of short about um uh that's actually about domestic abuse it's called birthday cake and i'm really excited about it because it's 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 it it delves into sort of the complicated nature of these sort of domestic violence situations and, and that it's not always cut and dry not that, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a heavy thing, but, uh, but, uh, that's, uh, that is, should be hitting festivals at least, um, soonish, but yeah, the main thing is, is definitely powers, which will hit full force playstations in 2016. Awesome. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Um, just as, uh, let everyone know where they can find you on, on Twitter. If you got Instagram, they can follow your work. Uh, just shout it all out. Yeah, for sure. It's all pretty easy. It's basically my name, which is uh, Justice Leak, which is L-E-A-K, and um, there's no E on the end of that, and it's it's not Justice League, which, you know, I'm still kind of pissed when, like, <laughs> you're typing in my name. I got to get all the way to the K before <laughs> Justice League goes away. Like, you got to really be looking for me. But, uh, uh, I'm trying to better about twitter which again is just justice league but uh i i do i do love some pictures and I'm, I'm posting a bunch of stuff uh from behind the scenes what they'll let me post of, of powers and then as well as uh i have some stuff that i actually haven't posted of supergirl I'm, I'm a little behind i've been working but uh we'll we'll post some of that on the facebook fan page and and as well as uh twitter and instagram as well 
Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. We can't wait to, to see all of that. Um, now, you know, in the future, you're more than welcome to come back and, and uh, shoot the shit uh, and, and, you know, just hear about what's going on with you. Yeah. Well, I, I would love to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, thank you for very much for being on, Justin. Justice. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, wow, I slipped. I did pretty good all the way to the end there. Oh. All the way to the end. No, you're not, you're, you're not the first, won't be the last. <laughs> Thanks again, uh, Justice. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, bye. Thanks a lot. Well, that was our interview with Justice Leak. Uh, good guy. That was a lot of fun uh, talking to him here about his, uh, his stories. It's always fun to hear about um what goes on in set and I, I thought that was a really good uh, question to Gasquiz about you know um how uh, an actor who is just having a guest spot uh how he gels with the with the other actors and uh, that have been there for been doing it for a while yeah it's uh you know I always kind of look for those parallels because I think um I think a lot of industries that we that appear to be kind of just very distinct cultures away from what the rest of us experience um, and, and I think that's definitely true. Um, there's certainly a different dynamic to working in Hollywood, but, but I also think a lot of the dynamics are the same as what we see in the workplace. And I think we all know that in the workplace, if you, if you show up on a team that's relatively new, it's much easier to integrate yourself with that team and, and kind of get things going, um, versus showing up on a team that's been in run for several year, years and kind of has its own rhythm and culture and establish relationships. So uh, it was interesting to hear that that parallel um, seems to at least hold true in the situations that justice has experienced. Yeah, totally agree. Um, all right, so we're going to get on to our regular our regular goings-on, what we usually do here. Um, as you can tell, <laughs> what am I doing this, like 45 minutes in? Matt and Casey aren't here today. That doesn't sound terrible. That doesn't sound terrible, does it? I also like how you just like realize that you're like, well, I'm gonna say it now. <laughs> Make it really awkward. Even though a listener can totally pick up on that fact. Matt, Casey, we miss you. Please come back ASAP. <laughs> yes. And, and and Andrea's also not crashed this week. Andy. Oh yeah, yeah. No crasher this week. Uh, not, not. Uh, but uh, he will be back next week. So just, uh, yes. just uh, <laughs> heads up. Um, all right. So let's see here. Let's just get back into what we normally do. Like I said, no mats, no redactions this week. Uh, really quickly, just the movies out. We got uh, someone. Correct me if I say this wrong. Suff, suffer. Suffragette. Suffragette. Okay. I, I. When I saw that come out, I was. I, I was just practicing. How to say it more than I knew about the movie because I just didn't want to sound ridiculous when I said. Is that it. why you got Helgramite wrong? Oh my god, that was Sorry. I completely got that wrong. I, <laughs> I'm, I felt so silly when I when he corrected me. I was like, oh my god, that was way off. That was just bad. I can't even blame alcohol on that one. That was just that was terrible. Um, <laughs> oh boy. All right, so. Uh, the movie that Sarah just said, that's at 72% on the tomato meter. Um, we got Love the Coopers. I believe that's a Christmas movie. They're already coming out the Christmas movies. That's at sitting at a sad 17%. Aw. Uh, the 33, that's at 39%. Uh, and My All-American running out the new movies at 33%. Uh, the new Blu-rays out. Uh, we got a few of them. We got Mr. Holmes, Trainwreck, uh, Selfless, and Terminator Genesis, although I really want to say Genesis because that's how it actually spelled. 
Um, all right, so that is was out on Blu-ray and uh, in a theater, so go check them out. All right, so we're gonna get into TV talk. Uh, we got a lot to TV, a lot of TV to talk about today. Um, we're gonna stick to a couple uh, for today's show. Uh, we're gonna kick things off with Arrow, and as you could see uh, in the beginning of the uh, show here, uh, Sarah was very vocal about. Actually, uh, they can hear me, not see me. Just you- saying. Thank you for correcting me. Um, <laughs> so many technicalities tonight, people. So many, so many technicalities. Um, but yeah, as you heard Sarah earlier, she was very excited about this uh, week's episode, and and for good reason. It was I I enjoyed it. I thought it was really really good. Uh, in my opinion, this ep- this season of Arrow has taken a quite a step forward uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to last season, um, and and maybe it's because Oliver's truly embraced the green arrow persona um he's he's certainly more mature uh but we got to see um kind of a, uh, well what i thought was a mature felicity smoke you know she gets a lot of uh a lot of uh, crap for being whiny and and uh just kind of like damsel in distress and and, and she got a lot of that because of last season um, but I, I want to say I didn't think I didn't find her whiny in this episode. Uh, I, I thought a lot of what she was doing was for a good reason. Obviously, you know, we got to see Ray Palmer back and, and that was that was the center of of her emotion. Um, Sarah, why don't you kick things off and, and tell us what you thought of, of uh, Felicity, of basically uh, Felicity's storyline this episode? Okay, so I kind of agree with you, Pete. However, what I don't agree with is I don't think that Ray Palmer was the heart of that emotion at all. And that's why I liked it so much. It just was happenstance that she was trying to rescue him. And that attempt to rescue him was righting a wrong um, that she felt guilty about ever since last season. Because now I want to go back for a moment because one of the reasons why I like this episode so much is because I remember back um, watching Arrow cast um, members being interviewed at Comic-Con. And based off of those interviews, I called up my mom and I'm like, mom, I think here's what I think is going to happen. And I'm really excited about it. Oliver is clearly all in on this relationship. And oddly enough, Felicity Smoke is hesitant about it. Not because she doesn't love him, but because she's afraid about losing that independence. She's an independent woman. And I can completely identify with that um, struggle when you enter into a relationship because all of a sudden you're dependent on somebody else and you're you're afraid that you're going to lose them and you've lost people in the past and it's just very, you've like closed yourself off and you've lived yourself, you've lived your life a certain way too. So then to have somebody all of a sudden enter your life to take it over all encompassing because they they're in love with one another they're partners and they work together it's like all these different facets of her life that he's invaded and she loves him but she also wants to kind of she's afraid that she she's afraid that she loves him too much but it's almost like she's afraid that something's going to happen. And she, she, um, so it's like a defense mechanism and I can totally understand with stand that. And I've been there myself in relationships. So that's why I really related to Felicity in this episode. I did not think she was whiny. Um, 
because it's such an honest emotion. And I'm so happy that for a change, you see the female on screen being sh shown to have like, um, what do you want to call it? <laughs> um, what is that noise in the background, guys? Sorry, that's my chair. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is that? But to to have commitment issues, that's that's what I was searching for. And because it's so easy to have make the man in the relationship have those issues. And Oliver's dealt with those issues all the way back in the first season and in flashbacks. So he's been there. But to reverse the roles in this nature, I think is really refreshing, breathtaking and honest. And I'm so glad they did this. And you could see this happening from the very from the first episode this season, because she's still working with the team, even though they've left the city. Because I don't know how many people really understand this. It was never she was never the one to say we can either be together or and not do the like vigilante thing. She never put that offer on the table. That was always Oliver's all or nothing. So I and I completely respect that. And I I don't know. I really like her. She's my like emotional Siamese twin. <laughs> Okay, I swear to God, like, I am not a technology, like, I'm not a computer genius or anything, but Are you I sure? Can still... Are you sure? No, Sarah? I am so sure. <laughs> My poor father. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and her line at the dinner table where she says, um, I've never, I've never wanted to be that girl. I have said that line about so many things, just trying to like in the choices I make in life um, about a lot of things. It's like, well, if I make that choice, I'm going to be that girl and I don't want to be that girl. And then you kind of regret not making some of those choices because you lose out on experience or um, a chance at happiness because you're afraid. Uh, Gasquiz, do you want to uh, share your thoughts on um, Felicity's uh, emotional arc? Uh, I, I, I want to make sure this is a safe space and we are. it is okay for us to share and for us to not be punished for our thoughts and feelings. <laughs> of course, of course. Okay. Uh, I liked the episode. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up on the same kind of scene uh, Sarah mentioned, which is the, which is the after dinner or the, the not dinner fight. Because um, I have also been there uh, and had the door close and and kind of do what Oliver did, which is which I felt was also appropriate, which is what what the hell, you know? Okay, right. so I so I screwed up for inviting your mom. That's hardly a reason to go ripping my face off for the entirety of the week. So what else the heck is going on? Um, and the, and I and so I really liked uh, that scene um, and him. Kind of, kind of putting Felicity on the spot and and you know taking her to task for for some of the behavior that's been going on. Um, I you know in this episode, uh, well let me go back to I don't get the complaints about her being whiny uh, for this episode. In, in fact, I felt that she was very belligerent um, up until that mm -hmm. dinner conversation. Um, and, and again, I've I've lived through that as well. So <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I did a lot of relatable stuff. In it. Yeah. 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 And th and that's what's awesome is that, as, you know, I, I often talk about these shows are, yes, they're superhero shows, but I I feel that these guys are writing, um, you know, less so the DC shows, but I feel like they're getting there. But they're they're writing these dramatic stories first and then layering 
the superhero stuff on top of it. Um, but uh, I, I will also say it's it's also it is the weird when they're all standing around uh, in their superhero suits and uh, and and with Katie Lloyd's being back that it's Oliver standing in a group with three women that he slept with. That, that just feels a little, a little strange to me. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but, uh, but so uh, I loved. Uh, there were, you know, and I frequently talk about emotional beats. Um, this week, uh, this show, uh, there were actually a couple points where I where I got a little choked up. Um, I loved the uh, the Diggle Oliver bro scene uh, in the lair mm-hmm. drinking whiskey. Um, yeah. You know, in. And this is now the week after the episode where they finally got through the healing. Um, that right. that scene to me, I mean, again, I've been there. That's such a, such a wonderful scene and such a wonderful feeling. Um, I, I will say to, to me, it felt gender specific because I, I feel like that's a that's a, like a thing that guys share. Um, yeah. Is that is that talking about relationships? And and the thing I loved about that scene too is, you know, we spent so much time with Oliver, kind of being the, the super badass, you know, super spy, um, kind of teaching and mentoring Diggle. And, and this was an opportunity, you know, Diggle has lost his younger brother. This was kind of an opportunity for Diggle to exert that older brother kind of influence and, and say, you know, dude, you're with, you're with a great girl. You just got to ride through it. Um, and, and she's not going to let you down. You know, she's a little disillusioned now, but, um, you know, but hold on. Uh, so I, I thought that scene was awesome. Um, the the other scene that I really liked was only about ten seconds, maybe less, but it was the the Laurel um, Sarah scene where you know after Sarah has gone completely hermitile on a dude out in the field and nobody really wants to at least initially nobody wants to or everybody questions letting her back into action uh, you know and, and, and she comes out and says that she wants to help them pull off the heist on cord industries uh and 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 laurel turns around and looks at everybody around the table and what i the sense i got was that while she was looking for everyone's approval everyone looked was looking back at her to say it's and kind of saying it's your call um and and she turns back to sarah and says and says suit up and then walks off um i felt like that is a, that's again continuing the thing that we started seeing last week, which is Laurel exerting a more, um, a, a more I don't know controlling influence, or, or definitely she's she's putting her own hand on the steering wheel a little more and kind of driving where this group is going and setting herself at parity with Oliver, um, and and it was very quick and and I, I felt like between the scripting and the performances, um, I was very impressed by them being able to, to communicate and transmit that in, in such a small amount of space on screen. Yeah. They, um, she, she is, it's, it's more of like, I think a leader type role. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I, and I really liked seeing that. And, and also to add on to what you were saying about Diggle and, um, and Oliver scene, I really enjoyed that to me. It, it kind of took me back to season one, uh, when they when they had that or when they developed that relationship and and that's something we had been missing because of the events of the end of se- of last season and and getting through the beginning of this season so that was really nice to see I I, I really enjoy the the Diggle and Oliver bro moments <laughs> I think they're really cool um, and relatable too like you were saying the gas quiz <clears throat> now uh, we got to see Ray Palmer back in this episode um, 
what did you guys th- you know I know we had this discussion last week about too much legends of tomorrow on Arrow and Flash. Um, did you guys think there was too much of him in this episode seen as, you know, he was the one they were trying to save or do you think it was ju- done just about about right? His character was given just enough time uh, and because we could potentially see him again in the next episode. We don't I, I'm not sure and I can't even remember what if, if last week's if last week's preview teased that and all. I, I can't remember. But um, what uh, Sarah, what was your thoughts on, on Ray Palmer being back on the show? OK, last week's or this week's teaser did not tease him being in the show, but they did release photos that tease him being in the show next week. So there you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, I thought it was the perfect amount. Um, This is how you, for me personally, this episode was like, okay, this is how we're going to naturally set up legends of tomorrow. Even though there are a lot of plot holes into we still don't really know how Damien Dark got Ray. Like, I, I still don't understand that. Yeah. Or how, like, it exploded and he managed to catch his suit at the same time. Like, while <laughs> falling off a building and all of this stuff. There's a lot of plot holes, but we're just going to skip over that, okay? <laughs> Sidebar. Um, And it was a good amount of Sarah, not too much. That being said... It was kind of, in my opinion, it was kind of, for me, I really wanted her to pull a Buffy and to be really mad about having been brought to life, really back to life. Um, Because the Sarah I met in season two, she was um, pretty broken and she was distraught. At one point, she was willing to kill herself instead of going back to the league so I would have thought that she would have like found some peace and then to bring back, to be brought back and then to figure out that, yeah, you have your second chance at life again. However, you have this bloodthirst that causes you to kill people at random. Um, so I just I, I thought that was kind of a little weak in my opinion, um, that she was so happy, but they also needed to tie it up to let her and and she went to central city right yes yes so maybe we see her in flash within the next two episodes and then the big crossover is gonna completely set up um legends of tomorrow but yeah so so i thought it was a good amount um because it was like like what i was saying before about felicity in my opinion her motivations were not necessarily or her actions weren't necessarily driven by this plot line just to bring back Ray Palmer, but by an emotional turmoil that she was going going through that was much more relatable and understandable. Um, and it and it seemed justified and it seemed um so but then again I'm biased. So whatever. <laughs> um now We've been speculating since the beginning of of the season uh, who Oliver who Oliver's uh, I'm whose grave Oliver's standing over. Now um, I I don't remember who who it was who who made the who said their theory, but I know a lot there was a lot of talk of it being um, oh, what's his name the the Lance Lance Quinton yeah Lance. that was Andy Andy brought that one up yeah and so does this 
with with how they're using Quentin to get to Damien, does this make you guys wonder if that could potentially be him who who's you know who who's dead you know yeah it almost makes me wonder it a little bit too much <laughs> you know uh, okay, okay. in a weird way like the pilot the first episode god i keep wanting to say pilot but the premiere make made you want to think it was felicity and you still kind of do and there's still a chance and okay sidebar or side note uh-oh did we lose sarah Sarah, you there? Yeah. Okay, we lost you for a second. <laughs> I went off to the side and I never came back. You did. You you, you okay. got bumped to Earth two for a second. Come on yeah, back. Okay. Well, I'm back. You. I'm <laughs> back in the real world. Um. So tonight's episode, it or, or the other night's episode, it um. So Damien Dark isn't Felicity's father. I think I don't think there's any um. I don't think that's a possibility anymore. But my point relaying back to who's in the grave, the writers have to wrap up that storyline before killing Felicity Smoke. Like, if they're going to do that, fine. But they got to give us Papa Smoke and have that all play out because they've been teasing that for since season two. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of a bit relieved Damien Dark isn't. And I think I've heard some whisperings that we're going to see Papa Smoke. I don't know in what capacity. Um but hopefully not too much so that she can continue on, you know, over <laughs> in season five. <laughs> um, I guess, Chris, can you give us your thoughts on on um, on Quentin potentially being the person that that da- that Damien kills? Uh, and, and even if that if, if that's not even uh, who you think it is, who who do you think it could be? Uh, that's still my lead running theory. Uh, I, I will give all. I'll do credit to Mr. Andy, uh, but uh, but I also had that theory uh, before him hearing him voice it um, in a conversation with uh, with Everett uh, Harn before we had that episode. Um, and, and, and my thought has been that uh, that it it gets discovered that Quentin is working with Damian Dark. Damian Dark gets publicly outed as being a bad guy, and and therefore that's why you don't see a lot of uh, awards and accolades around. Quentin's grave that basically he dies uh, in disgrace and the police department uh, doesn't honor his passing. Um, and that's why, uh, you know, in that scene around the grave, there's, there's not a lot of people and there's not kind of the standard like policemen's kind of honor wreath and things like that. Um, so that's been my running theory. I, I will say uh, with, uh, with Quentin meeting uh, Felicity's mother last night, mm-hmm it introduces the possibility that it's her who winds up in the grave. Yep. Um, wow. I didn't even think about yeah, that. I've, I've thought about that too. Right. It, it makes a lot of sense. It's, she's coming back in a few more episodes um, after the crossover. Okay. And so that they're, really, and I think she's going to even be in yeah episodes nine and they're shooting 11 right now and she's released some photos. So okay. th- that is a strong possibility. And, for something to play out, because I don't, Elicity Shippers, I'm sorry, I'm still on your side, <laughs> for story purposes, and the fact that this show is probably going to go on another few more seasons, I don't think that the relationship between Oliver and Felicity is going to um, continue after the season four finale. I hope they reunite if if they are torn apart. So 
if it is Donna Smoke in the grave, depending on how that happens, I think another contributing factor will be something that causes Felicity to quote unquote go dark <laughs> and to leave um, Star City and um, to break up, you know. So, so I, I, yeah, I can definitely see it playing out that potentially it could be Donna Smoke in the grave and that causes Felicity to make some very rash decisions. Yeah, you, yeah that could. Or you could oh, you, you could see kind of in that in that vein, uh, sir. You could see um, Felicity blame some decision that Oliver made, uh, maybe in in conjunction with uh, his interoperation with Lance, um, and wind up blaming Oliver and others for the death of her mom, and, and, yeah. kind of, and kind of retreating away from the group. Or if they introduce her father. Like the same way that um, Malcolm Mer- Merlin sort of um, drove Thea to leave in, at the end of season two, um, because after all the lies and everything happened and she's realized the truth and she just wants to um, be able to defend herself, sort of have the same sort of like evil father thing happen. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> um. So on that note, uh, you know, we we talked earlier a little a little bit ago about uh, the Legends of Tomorrow and, and how Arrow and Flash are going to have huge, the huge crossover. So with that, let's talk a little bit about the Flash this week. Um, it was quite an episode, and oh man, we got to finally see Zoom <clears throat> in action uh, take on Barry, who who didn't plan well the way he should have gone after Zoom. But uh, he tried, and uh, well, he he failed. Uh, just the easiest way to put it. But I I, I just want to say this: I thought Zoom was freaking terrifying. Uh, he was just, uh, and I and and I and it's already popping up on on Twitter and on Facebook. Who's more terrifying, Zoom or Reverse Flash? And oh, and I. I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to go crazy on this one because, in my opinion, I think they're both villains. And, and to me, at the end of the day, they're both just terrifying. But I I find Zoom to just be a little bit more terrifying. And and I say that, and maybe it's because Tony Todd has done an amazing job voicing his character. Yeah. Uh, and it just his voice is just so freaking creepy. And, and the way he talks to Barry, the way he drags him around Central City – to his friends, to uh, just everywhere showing, oh, yeah, this is your hero. Uh, yeah, I just broke his back. Uh, but it just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just, uh, with with Reverse Flash, it was a very emotional and mental thing. Whereas with uh, with, with Zoom, it's just straight up terrifying. It's a, a, The physicality it just of, of Zoom is just, it's, it's just unreal. And it was just, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I, I'm, I'm inter- interested to see what you guys think of this. Um, and, and let's just, let's just get this out now. Uh, Sarah, who do you think is more terrifying, Zoom or Reverse Flash? Uh, Zoom. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Short not mistake. that big of a question to me, but, Casticlees, what do you think? Uh, he, he is, but, I mean, it's because he's supposed to be? I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a straight up overt outed villain, Right, so he has a horrific appearance and blah blah blah. Um, 
He's a demon. The, uh, the uh, he's a he's a speed demon. Um, the, exactly. The, but you nice. know the, the the impact of what Eobard Thawne, you know, a, AKA not Harrison Wells, uh, has done. AKA Harry. No, <laughs> wait, I'm sorry, I got confused. There's too many of them. God damn it. Sorry. You know what 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 he put what he put Barry and that team through. Th- those are scars that, you know, and and they're telegraphing it on the show still exist today. Um, unless Zoom gets into the business of doing something much more underhanded, at the end of the day, he's going to wind up being a villain. He's going to wind up being a villain that they defeat and move on to the next villain of the week or, or big bad of the season. Um, so I get it. I mean, he's 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 got the voiceover. Um, he's got the the claws for fingers. Um, but again, he's a very overt, obvious, in-your-face bad guy. Um, so I and and to me. You know, it's it's the types who who get under your skin and into your head and do the psychological scarring um, that wind up being the more evil. Yeah, and and to and just to add on to that, uh, you know, or, or actually, let me just use that to move on to my next point. That the scars that you talk about, that reverse flash left, are really showing, like you said, and and they really showed in this episode where Barry just wanted to take on Zoom, um, and and he's clearly hiding feelings of of the fact that. He wasn't the one that killed Reverse Flash. Uh, he wasn't the one that you know. So so there's this uh, feeling of, of of dissatisfaction of you know it's still it's still out there that you know he's always gonna know that he didn't have the chance to save his mom or he he did he didn't save her and and he didn't kill Thawne. So that's just it's just eating at him and so he uses that to take on Zoom. At a time when he shouldn't have taken on, taken on Zoom, uh, Sarah, what do you think of that? Can I call another technicality, please? Okay. Like a flag on the play. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's right. I know a little bit else about sports. That's right. You get sports um, in Alaska. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're, just, you're just mean. Okay, I don't like it. Um, but I'm gonna call a technicality. So. Joe was the one who 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 said that uh, Barry was still chasing reverse flash mm-hmm. and then Barry sort of denied it um even though I think it's true and then the second conversation where they um the plan didn't work at first and they decide to give up and Barry's a little angry and Joe pulls him aside and Barry reveals that it's not necessarily that he wasn't the one who killed, um, who got his mother's killer. It was the fact that um, in the confessional tape at the beginning of the season that Eubard Thawne um, sent to Barry, he mentions that a line that really hit home or like really caused a big emotional scar for Barry in the sense that he'll never be happy. And so that's what they used as the motivation for the way that Barry behaved in this episode. Or at least maybe I watched the episode wrong, but that's what I thought. And granted, I did watch the episode twice. No, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. That's, that's, yeah. that's the way it went down. And I actually didn't like the happiness um, line because I was more hoping that they were going to reference back to one of my favorite lines back in the season one finale where um, Eobar Thawne tells Barry that, um, I wrote it down, oh, he, he looks him in the eye at the beginning of that episode and he's, 
Like, I am not the thing that you hate. And I really want to know what Barry hates after that. So I wish they had referred to that. And that conversation after where about the happiness thing, that was just set up so that Barry could go and then kiss Patty. And so I I didn't really like that. I thought it was very... Um, I, why, why didn't you like that, though? I mean, it's... it's it, it kind was of... too obvious, Pete. Mm, okay. If I'm not surprised, if like while they're talking, I'm like, oh, I know what exactly the f- next scene is going to be, and that's what it is, then that doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't resonate or make me say like, oh, clever. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't looked at as being clever. It was more for Barry to just kind of, Joe is trying to get him to move on. And maybe that was just a thing to push his character in that direction. Which is weird, considering Joe was also the one who in the first season said that Eddie didn't grant give Eddie his blessing for him to propose to Iris. Because mm. he knew that it was going to be Bar- Barry and Iris in the end. So... That's interesting. But yeah, so I don't, maybe that's why the whole um, Joe pushing <laughs> very much on peace pivot team. <laughs> Do they have a ship name? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I've, I've thought, I've, I've, okay, full disclosure, I have thought about what their names would be like if you ship them. <laughs> and I can't figure out a way to ship their name. So if, if tweet at Scene and Nerd, tweet us if you know a good ship name for, for Patty and Barry. Uh, throw it our way. We'll, we'll read it on the show and, and try to find a good one. Um, yeah, you know, uh, let's 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 get to uh, Cisco and and uh, and and Harrison and and Star Labs. That you know, what what do you guys think of of Harrison? Um, you know, sorry, let me back up. My train of thought is completely in mush right now. Um, Cisco is trying to vibe Harrison the whole time. Stop. Find out. Stop. Stop. Please. What? Thank what? you. <laughs> If I know, I, right? I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not saying for you to stop, Pete. I'm saying the. And this is my first flash rage for the night. There are, there are gonna Uh-oh. be several. Um, oh. If I okay, go ahead. like, it is unacceptable for the term to be vibe me. <laughs> so, the verbiage use of vibe. Yes. No. Uh, and, and so, and I apologize. So, so the the pairing of that, the he was trying to vibe him to me is also unacceptable. The mixture of the verb vibe with any pronoun that follows it, I believe is unacceptable. They need to figure something else out. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. No, no, no. That's okay. You know what? Um, that is the first uh, time I've heard someone mad about that. So that's interesting because um, what what would you, I'm just curious, do you, do you have an idea as to what they could substitute instead or, or not? I mean, if you don't, it's okay. I'm just wondering. It's just, it's, I, I totally get that, you know, there's sometimes in a movie or, or TV show, uh, uh, there's a certain term used for a specific uh, character, and it, it's kind of annoying. And that's kind of what it sounds like what's going on here, right? You're, you're not digging the vibe uh, terminology. Right, and it's, it's, it's annoying on a couple levels. It's, it's, it's annoying just it, – it's annoying because it, scou- it sounds a little scuzzy, for one. Um, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's also – it's also annoying just because, and again, I'm bringing a lot of comic book baggage, but that, as far as I know, and I haven't spent a lot of time looking at the Vibe character, I briefly read a few issues uh, when he got his own series after the New 52, um, 
as far as I know and understand, the power that he's exhibiting on the show is either not one of his powers or at least is not his primary or core power. And so them focusing on that and, and making the term vibe me. And it, it's, it's just, I mean, is there anybody else who feels that it doesn't sound ridiculous coming from Harrison Wells? Don't try to vibe me. <laughs> Like it just, just sounds really dirty. It's, it's, okay, it's just, <laughs> really. Maybe I'm just immature, but it really sounds dirty. So here's it's, so, so here's another reason that it it's so so it's it's a bunch of scientists in Star Labs, and the most scientifically accurate term that they can come up with is vibe me. Right. <laughs> all the scientific jargon gets kind of gets thrown around willy nilly every week. But but this is just called vibing somebody. It it it's, right. it, it, it it feels like a it feels like a term that a bunch of elementary school kids could have come up with, and it's very jarring to throw it into the middle. I mean, to throw it in the middle where sentences bracket either side of it, where there's references to particle accelerators, dark matter, you know, and the and the space time continuum, you know, and portals to other to other Earths. It's just it's. It's a little janky uh, and, and very out of place to me in the show. Sorry. That's okay. That's fair. Now, um, let me see. How do I put this? So when Cisco put his hand on Harrison and <laughs> was able to see through him and find out why he really is doing what he's doing, we see his daughter being captured by Zoom. Uh, Sarah, what do you think of uh, what? What do you think of that storyline? Do you? Do you think that this is truly what he's it's all about his daughter is or is there on top of that do you think there's another motive going on here? Hey, I'm just trying to like calm myself after the way you described the power and now all that's running through my mind is like well, it's a dirty name for a very dirty power. Well, and it kind of, <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it, it it absolutely kind of is and that's and that's another thing that I kind of feel like they're not, that they're shying away from addressing. Um, so, so that power, you know, starts to touch on the edge of the, of the invasiveness of, of, of telepaths, right. In this kind of mm-hmm. superhero world. And I mean, don't, do you, do you not feel mind raped, right? If somebody just comes up to you and steals, steals something from your mind, um, or something right. you possess without asking your permission. Um, right. And Harry was completely victimized. Right, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's kind of it's, it's kind of the equivalent of somebody slipping you a roofie to me. Um, oh, <laughs> Wait a second, are we feeling bad for Harry? Wow, have the tables turned? I, well, uh, yeah. In in, in certain, well, in in this instance, because he specifically asked to not be touched, right? Specifically right. asked for that to not be Boundaries. done. Boundaries. And and so and so this was something that was done to him. Also, let me add again on the topic of throwing in elementary school level elements, then the total slap fight between the two of them, you know, as Harry, like, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. I'm like, really? I mean, is this, <laughs> is this what this scene is degenerating to? It just, it just felt yeah. completely preposterous. Pete, to address your question directly, more of my concern, and again, another jarring element in this episode to me was, um, I'm willing to accept that that's what it's about. It, it was highly questionable to me that it's, and so what he, in this instance, it wasn't it wasn't a memory of Harrison Wells that he captured. It was, however this power works, it was him able to see an actual vision of what was happening to the daughter. So he actually saw a vision of something that Harrison was unaware of, 
right? Because Harrison doesn't. I had to ask him near episode end whether or not he had seen that his daughter was alive. So, so this power apparently allows Cisco to see things that the person he touches or the thing of the person he touches isn't necessarily aware of themselves. Um, That's a good point. The, the thing, the jarring aspect to it, and the, and the thing that kind of ripped me out of the disbelief was. Did it not seem strange that he would have been able to see a vision of something occurring over in Earth 2? Hmm. That that to me was very weird. I would have I would have not expected him to be able to do that. And if he can do that, why are they not just touching something that Zoom has touched and getting the eavesdrop on Zoom 24/7? That's a good question. I mean, is his power that strong that he can see something into another dimension? That's very interesting. I mean, that that seemed to be what they were indicating uh, in that episode. Um, but again, when you when you do that, and none of the characters kind of question that, um, they just accept it. That to me just seems very weird and strange. That's a good point. <clears throat> um, do you guys like that they're kind of throwing little breadcrumbs about Cisco's powers? Like, it's just it's kind of. Do you think it's something where it's going to build up, or do you think this is where we're going to get for? the season anybody uh, well well after just listening to agasticles poke holes into it i don't like it as much um but that's because they 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 started they're using it to in surface in service of the story to move the story forward and so it's being used as a plot device and when you notice that it really bothers people it would bother me it's probably going to bother me in the future um so but i think i think it's going to expand more um be maybe in a future episode they'll actually start addressing like it's no longer cisco is able to see memories um which then evolved into seeing um different experiences people have or and now it's into different universes and different dimensions. So I, I feel like they're subtly evolving it, but because they're not addressing it, um, it, it looks too um, too much in service of the story and too much as a plot device. And like, okay, we need to have somebody be able to explain to everybody else Harry's motivation. Well, let's let's use Cisco for. For that um does that make sense and does that answer your question no that makes that makes sense uh Gaskers, do you have any thoughts on that boy, boy do i <laughs> loaded question so, I guess. <laughs> so 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 here we are arriving at the nexus of the concern that i expressed three or four episodes ago three or four ssn mm-hmm. episodes ago which is my big concern with this show was were they going to do things that felt a bit lazy by reaching for levers that are now there because they've been injected and are now present in the story and provide shortcuts for getting down whatever path it is that they're trying to get down. And I feel like this episode is representative of that. Um, it, it was, it was, it, the vibe thing is becoming too easy of a lever uh, to get around. And, and, and now like Sarah, like Sarah said, they're plot holing it because they're using it and then not covering all the ground that they've opened up by virtue of using it. Um, the, I, I, maybe there was a creative point to the whole using Linda, trying to use Linda Park as a 
Dr. Light doppelganger to Laura Zoom through, but that seemed incredibly contrived. Um, I, I felt that whole, I, I, you know, the, when it was a bit, right, it was, it was funny when they were trying to train her up, but then the actual execution <laughs> of it just felt painful. Um, it was like watching like an American Idol audition. Um, <laughs> really? Uh, yes, because to, to me it did because it, it, it was patently obvious to me that that would never have worked. It, it, it was incredibly, it was incredibly janky to me to believe that the group would have ever been convinced to move in that direction. Um, the other thing is that Barry revealing his identity to her um, seemed again, too, too easy of a lever to pull. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, really? I mean, for, for this, I mean, so, so, so when I, when I think of it in terms of return on investment, right, let me put it that way. <laughs> revealing his secret identity to her to get the the trap that he got with all of the horrible setup i'm like that bad investment very barry that wasn't worth you revealing your secret identity some, to somebody for um and again it was very difficult for me to believe that anybody would have thought that that would have worked which just makes the whole thing seem kind of janky um and and again that's interesting and again, the show is falling. So, so for so this week for me um, was was a repeat of the episode two weeks ago where I was basically bored for thirty five minutes of the show, and then and then kind of sat up and started paying attention. This week it kicked in with seven minutes and forty eight seconds remaining in the show. Um, wh- why do I remember those numbers so poignantly? Because I'm starting to see a pattern of okay, everything up to this point is pretty much superfluous crap. And then when, when, the, when the shotgun goes off, I, I consciously look at the clock, right, to, to see, oh, now something worth my attention has occurred. How much time do I have left to actually try and enjoy this episode? And I'm consciously aware of that. Um, and again, I, I feel that's a, that's a repetitive, tropish framework that the show is falling into. Um, Zoom breaking Barry's back feels very much like a like a palette swap for the Bane Batman story. Um, yeah, so there, that's exactly what I thought too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's just a and then oh my god. And then the the I I feel like the absolute worst thing this episode was when he does reveal his identity to her. Her reaction being, "Oh my god, I've kissed the Flash." was just like the most horrific disservice (laughs) to a female character that I think I've ever seen. And I don't usually, you know, get on a political bandwagon about that. Um, I, you know, I definitely agree that women should be treated more fairly and represented more accurately, but, but that, that, that high school level response um, for that kind of character, again, that's the reason you reveal your identity to get that reaction. Um, Just in terms of what the characters do and, and the script writing, I was just like, come on. I, I mean, really? Uh, you know, that that felt like an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, which was a great show, um, but was depicting high school students. And I would have expected that kind of response. I don't expect that kind of response from a late 20 something year old, 30 something year old, you know, professional female. Um, it just uh, just felt out of place and just horrifically written. And again, I, I hate to throw around the term lazy writing, but just felt very lazy. No, that's that's fair, and uh, you know, I'm, I did thought it was interesting that they. I mean, well, I mean, it made sense that they wanted to lure Zoom out, so they had Linda practice to be Doctor Light. Um, 
what did you guys think of of uh, the real Doctor Light kind of taking off, and then she just really disappears? I mean, did did you guys think that made sense? Um, I thought it was kind of weird that even though she made it out of the little pr- the little prison that they have in, in Star Labs, she never came back. Or I mean, she's obviously stuck on on this Earth now. Um, unless she somehow went back to Zoom and, and got back, but I highly doubt that happened. Um, do you guys think that this is something that's going to come back and bite them in the butt later on? Or uh, is are we just – is our do you think they would just not touch this again? Uh, Sarah, what do you think? Oh, I think they're going to touch it again. Or they're going to vibe it again, guys. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Matt, that was like – oh. He would have made that joke if he was here. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that's totally a mad joke. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was, okay. Okay, so many thoughts about that subject. First of all, put Patty on the team. This is the second <laughs> episode in which she's telling Joe or Barry about something. And then the next t- the next thing it happens and you're like, Okay, so she she's really getting all this information, and in the scenes for next week, she's the one who's going to bring up Grodd. So put Patty on the team. That's all I'm saying. Like, obviously, she's in the know about these things. <laughs> um, so, and I think I liked Doctor Light. Um, I um, the the opening of the show was really slow for me, and I was starting to pick up on a lot of the contrivances and plot devices. And then you had the first Barry Joe scene and Barry or the second one, sorry, of when he talks about Barry still trying to chase reverse flash. And that's when I picked up my interest and the rest of the episode kept my interest the whole time. For some, for whatever reason, I was able to suspend disbelief about a lot of the stuff that happened, I guess, because I was just in it. And yeah, I, I, it was, it was so charmingly purposeful of how bad the Dr. Light Berry fight was that I was just like, they're having so much fun. I give it to them. Like, <laughs> that was just like fun. And then it was a great, it was a, it was a great treat to have that. And then to just get the devastation of the last like eight minutes following that. So you have that, this idea of like the, um, the, the humor and the lightness of being a superhero and having these powers and how cool it is contrast with the devastation and the idea that you're, you're still just a man with these powers, but you can still be killed. You can still be stopped. And so I think, uh oh, <laughs> we lost Sarah again. And, Hold on, and we lost you. You're back. <laughs> what? We lost. Did I you. cut out again? You cut out. You cut out again. Ah, oh, okay. So, where did you lose me? Uh, dev- uh, devastation. Yes. Oh, I think I might have said that more than once. <laughs> so you. you were... So I really liked it. I think. Yep. Or okay. no, I know I really liked it. Jeez, technicalities. <laughs> Damn oh, it. That's funny. Um, all right, I wanted to end the flash talk on this, and that was the humongous flashpoint Easter egg in the middle of the show. <gasps> when yeah. we hear that uh when it's when it's when we're on Earth 2 
Mm-hmm. And they're watching the news, and we hear that Oliver Queen did not make it out of the ship alive. He but died. More importantly, but his father did. And, and his father has now taken up the mantle of the hood. And what what else am I missing? <laughs> he was also unmasked as being the vigilante too. Oh, I missed that part. Which made me think because Flash airs before Arrow that in the next episode, what if it Damien Dark actually does get the mask off Oliver and outs him Ooh. as Bean? So, but sorry, that conspiracy theory was proven wrong, but still, it was fun <laughs> while it lasted for 24 hours. Anyway, continue, Pete. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I really love that Easter egg um, because if you're if you're familiar with the Flashpoint comics, uh, when uh, when we're following Barry's story, uh, he he's lost his powers. He runs into Batman, who isn't Bruce Wayne. It is uh, Thomas Wayne. It is mm-hmm. Daddy Wayne, who is Batman, not Bruce. Bruce was Bruce died instead of the father. So we need uh, a Pete. Yeah. Well, you so, know what? I like. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. This is funny. So you feel so, Pete? You felt that you felt like that was honoring um, that that content in Flashpoint. I, it, to me, it wasn't just honoring. I think it was just it was just, just taking its place because obviously they can't have Batman on TV. Yeah. So this would be the next. Yeah. So this would be uh, this would obviously be the next best thing. Um, however, how does that play into the Flash? Uh, who knows? Who knows if that ever crosses over? I don't know. At least the way it's working out, it's it's probably not going to happen the way it does in the comic books, but. Um, uh, who knows? Maybe it happens with Jay when he goes back to Earth Two, or or however he gets his powers back. But yeah, I, just, um, I just I just oh, I just assumed it was a throwaway. I, I mean, I I'm, I don't think it'll actually be addressed. I I will I will, however, remove that particular poker chip off my table as far as being another <laughs> thing that I raged about in this episode. Here, hearing your per, your perspective on it, because because again, when I heard it, I just conjoined it with my aggravation over the the back breaking uh you know kind of being a rehash of the batman bane storyline um and i felt like this was just rehashing something from flashpoint but but again transposing it you know and i'm like i felt it was kind of unnecessary but hearing your perspective on it i can i can see that and i can kind of take it in a different regard yeah, I mean, it's uh, I I I can see I can definitely see how you think it would be a throwaway because it can definitely come off like that. Um, but like I said, I think because they can't use Batman, which I think that's I to me that's exactly why they used it because they were able to get away with it with Arrow. Obviously, they they can do that on television. <clears throat> um, sorry, for I keep me, hearing. Go ahead. I was just gonna me, get to you. Oh, sorry. But <laughs> for me, like that Easter egg was like gave um, a bit more legitimacy to the idea that zoom is henry allen from earth 2 um which is a theory that's that's been going on around there yeah Yeah. um so to just have like that kind of like hint or subtle teasing i really like if if it's true uh, my money is still on it's evil very earth 2 that's where my money is but it could very well be henry allen especially watching the last um, eight minutes of this this particular episode and you and you see the physicality of zoom 
Um, that man has some muscle on him, whoever he is. <laughs> Just saying. Well, that's yeah. that man or demon, whatever. <laughs> and that, and that's why I don't think it is Evil Barry from Earth Two. Or if it is, I'd be really disappointed. Let, let, let me ask you, Sarah, because you're you're coming at this, I guess, maybe not from the comics. Does does Zoom need to be anyone? Because my feeling is he doesn't. He's not. He, he's he's not a palette swap from Earth One. Um, in the comics, he's not somebody in Barry's life. Um, so do TV watchers need him to be something relevant to Barry or can he just be a bad guy? Well, let me preface this by saying that I don't come from any of these shows coming from the comic books. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yep. um, even though I love talking about it with you guys because you guys give me information and then I can construct like all these diagrams and write all these notes and be like, well, what if this happens? But whatever. Um, Sorry. <laughs> You guys leaves me again? No, You're no, no. Really quiet. No, no, we're listening. We're listening. Yep. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm not used to it. Whatever. So, um, but I I agree with you actually. I I don't think he has to necessarily be anyone. Um, and that's that's a theory that's played in my mind too. That he could just because something I heard today that struck me as rather odd is Zoom's actually not the big bad this season. There's somebody else like lurking in the shadows who is going to come out to be the overall arching big bad. So Zoom very mel- well just might be this um, this demon from Earth 2 um, given no rationale. And that could very well be much more intriguing than having it be like the evil version of somebody, if, if not Barry, somebody he's close to. Um, so, and, and that's why I like this season um, because they've managed to, I know Agastocles, you're getting bored with it, but for me, they're just continuing to really, really well develop these mysteries where there's all these possibilities of who it can be like last season with Harrison Wells you at some points didn't know if he was good or bad we still don't know why he killed um Barry Allen's mother and that's still a lingering thread that they have left um left out there but you're so preoccupied by the zoom and who is he and what does he want and to answer all of our questions that um, you forget about that, and that allows the writers to pick up that those notes later on in the series. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. It it, okay. it 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 sounds like you're, and I I didn't follow all of it, admittedly. It, but it sounds like you. Uh, neither did I. It, it, it sounds like you would be open to the concept of this is just another bad guy. Yeah, and and yeah. To add on to what you guys were saying, I I, I agree. I mean. I've I've been definitely influenced by people on Twitter that are saying, "Oh, do you think it's do you think it's uh, Henry Allen? Do you think it's, he, it's Barry Allen?" You can just Allen? say me, okay? You can just call me <laughs> that's, out. That's true. You did you and... did start you did start the the uh, hamster wheels running. Um, okay, Pete. I just have to admit, all I did was like go to my um, DM that I have with Everett and just copy and paste. Oh my theory. gosh! And it comes out. The truth comes out. No, I'm but gonna steal his theories. They were all mine. But anyway. <laughs> no, but seriously though, I, I, to me, before you even came to me, I never considered it Zoom to be like, uh, 
Henry or Barry or even uh, I hear some people saying it could be Eobardon or even um, or even uh, ah well, I'm forget his his name Ed, Eddie 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 yeah. Thon yeah because I, I would tie it closer to what the comic book setup is yeah and 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 I think that's cool but I for me I I was totally fine with Zoom just being Zoom being this this really bizarre villain that. Uh, just kind of comes well, not necessarily out of nowhere, but just is uh, is as is. I guess you could say is. The only thing is, and I'm just gonna go off this point. Um, they can't. They have to introduce somebody else. I don't think that you can have that stretch for 23 episodes. Yeah, you, I'll get bored. You, second half. You could tie in. It might get a little janky um, if they if it runs the whole second half of the season, but. Uh, Vandal Savage is is a very big evil mastermindy kind of guy, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and he and who has basically been around uh, since uh, Earth formed as a planet, uh, nearly. Um, you know he's he's been around a very long time, uh, and so he he I mean he could be that, um, or something he has masterminded could be that. Um, and while we're on that topic, wait, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, wait, you mean he could be Zoom? No, 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 God, no. Okay, the other big bad? Yeah, he could be the other big bad, and I know he's... No. Go ahead. He's going to Legends. No, 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 I know, but what I'm saying is is because he's time-traveling, something that he does or has set up could definitely be either... He could either be the big bad or something that he has injected could be the point of origin of the big bad on the Flash. Again, like right, I said, he that, could introduce it. Yeah, that that would get kind of janky because he might be going back and forth and appearing in the two shows throughout the whole second half of the season, which I think could get problematic. But I don't, I don't, I just, I don't have a warm fuzzy for how much Legends of Tomorrow is going to be allowed to stand on its own um, in its second right. season run without periodically hooking back into the already existing shows. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see. You know, I could have sworn that. Over the summer, they teased that Mirror Master was going to sh- show up this season, and I, I don't know. I heard that too, but I'm not. I don't yeah, know. yeah. He could be. If he does, he in my mind he doesn't break out as a more significant threat than Zoom, but but I don't know. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, well, that's going to do it for our talk of the Flash this week. As you can tell, we had a lot of discussion. Um, uh, about the story, about Zoom, um, and a lot even, of technicalities. A lot of technicalities, um, and you know, we we really enjoyed. The, well, we really enjoyed enjoy the show. Uh, it's it's uh, taking some time for Gasicles, uh, but it's understandable. Uh, there's there are some issues to take. Uh, there are some things to take issue with uh, going on in the story, but um, we still got a long ways to go, and we're getting to that mid season finale. As we all know, it's going to be the huge Arrow Flash crossover that's going to give us Legends of Tomorrow, even though it's been not just sprinkled, but uh, it's it's kind of like when you're eating a salad at you go to a oh, restaurant Pete. and they say, "Do you want pepper with your salad?" and they just pour it on your salad. That's just kind of how it feels like Legends of Tomorrow. And just was that a well, just, <laughs> was that a bad food analogy? Just, just to be no. on, just to be on record, I I did not enjoy this week's episode. I, oh, okay. I, I, right. I, really? I, I didn't. I barely stayed engaged. It's it was it was it was well acted. I appreciated the performances. I, I felt like the script writing um, and and the overall show run was was significantly problematic. It 
it I barely ranked it above this week's episode of Supergirl. Um, and I, I, I stopped, I stopped at ranking it below Supergirl out of fear that I was just being overly angsty and biased. Um, but I, yeah, I had significant problems with this week's episode. I enjoyed I've the last. Been there about shows. I've yeah. been there. I, I enjoyed the last seven minutes and forty-eight seconds, ex- um, except for Barry getting his back broken. But go ahead. Right, Pete. Did you just say that the crossover was the finales, the Mid- season finales, the mid-season. mid-season finale? Oh, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Technicality. It, it, just, it just hit me right now. It's not. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. This, that's why you're there. You're calling me on the stuff I have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, uh, but it is it coming up. I listen to you. That, that's a good. That, that is a good point. Um, but that actually, that is. I think that's actually the first week of December uh, is when those mm-hmm. those are happening. So not the mid season finales. Uh, so just to correct it. Thank you for that, Sarah. Um, <laughs> all right. So that is going to do it. Uh, does anyone have any? Uh, I know I usually do classic TV picks. Anyone got any picks for this week? That's a, well, that, if that's, you, is that a resounding no? no? Well, if you haven't seen Battlestar Galactica, you should. That show is amazing. Yes, it is. The, the, um, the original or the... Uh, or the the uh, 2000. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, the 2004, I think. Yep. Yeah, 2004 through 2008. I own a collector's edition on DVD. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. That happened. Um, since in, in light of it being uh, Friday the 13th, I'm going to suggest Friday the 13th. The original, not the remake. And the original, if you didn't know, the killer is Jason's mom. Not Jason, but it's still a classic. So definitely check that out. Why did you just spoil it? Oh, my bad. Sorry. I spoiled the movie that came out like 30 years ago. My bad. And, and, not, and, not, and not the show, Pete? Not the show. <laughs> so my, so my, my classic pick for this week would be, uh, and Sarah's going to despise me for this, uh, would be Goldfinger, just because it's the only kind of antiquated thing that I've watched recently. And you guys just talked about a lot of Bond movies on your show, right? We did. did. Yeah. And uh, all right. So uh, so uh, as we uh, sign off, let's all uh, plug everything you guys are doing. Uh, st- uh, take us away, uh, Sarah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. And you can see all of my crazy conspiracy theories, rants, raves on the GWW.com in the entertainment section. And I'm going to let Agastocles plug our other um, passion project, if you may. Go ahead, Agastocles. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at Agastocles Stamus. That's two S's in the middle or on Google Plus under the same name. Uh, as far as on the GWW.com, you can check out our new podcast, Two Girls, a Guy, and a C. I do that every time. <laughs> maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's because I want it to be two girls, a guy. And a, I don't know, but it's it's two guys, a girl, and a scene where we do in-depth coverage of uh, movies, TV shows, and uh, do scene breakdowns and dive deep on various topics, most recently addressing the uh, historical impact of the James Bond franchise, uh, very a very small smattering of thoughts about the recent release Spectre, uh, and also cover our top five Bond films of all time. Um, and you can check out uh, my reviews and thoughts. I'll be doing a, uh, a, a Bond series. Uh, what is, I don't know what I call it. But it's revisiting uh, ten Bond films uh, over some period of time. I don't know how quickly I'll get through it. And various comic book reviews and, uh, and Supergirl reviews. I'll continue 
reviewing that show for the remainder of the season. All right, sounds good. Man. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm not gonna go pee. Okay. <laughs> you can find me at Pacey Pete on Twitter. You can find us at Scene and Nerd on Twitter. Uh, check us out on iTunes. If you subscribe, uh, give us a shout out. Let us know what you think of the show. We will give you one on this show as well. Um, that is going to do it for our show. Uh, I think we might get Casey and Matt back next week. I'm not sure, but I think we will. Um, <laughs> I know. We'll see. We'll see. You have to tune in next week to find out. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. With, yeah, I'm leaving you with that cliffhanger. So, all right. So that is going to do it for our show. Uh, you have a DVR. Use it. You're welcome. Well, I don't think you want us to honor your absence the way we honored Casey and Matt's tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, in case you guys aren't smart enough to realize, two people aren't here. (laughs) No, it was very well done, Pete. (laughs) I'm, I'm glad.